Tigers on Cage. Shoots his goal! Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. Welcome to the podcast. This is Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends at South Country Co-op. What a weekend for the Minnesota Tigers. I know they got an L in Edmonton, but I look at that as a W. Oh, I mean, it could have been a lot worse, I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a tough weekend. I mean, Prince Albert has a lot of highly touted players. They played them but back on Friday at Co-op Place. And then, like you mentioned, the trip to Edmonton. A bit of a learning experience, I think, I think is, the, so. is the best way to put it, right? I mean, that Edmonton team is scary. Yep. With them getting broke up, we, we kind of talked about that. That defensive core well, was going to be a lot stronger for Edmonton. They still went out there. They scored four goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I truly believe, watching that game in the third period, they were really, they were in Tigers' form of, you know, five more minutes in the game. They possibly tie it up. I honestly think the downfall that they had, was getting on the power play in the last minute, minute and a half. Yeah. Because you could tell the momentum was starting to go down the Tigers' way. Edmonton was icing the puck and icing the puck and icing the puck. They were already a man up when they took the goaltender out. Right. But then they take that penalty. They're up two guys, but then it gave Edmonton the opportunity to just shoot it down the ice and waste time. Sure, yeah. And it was was a balanced scoring attack, though, for the Tigers once again. I mean, four different goal scorers, I believe, with uh, none of them named Lucas Fikowski, who has Mm -hmm. been – Scoring a lot of goals to start the season for the Tigers, but he did chip in with three assists. Yeah. But that said, good to see uh, the the scoring kind of being spread around. We had six different goal scorers on Friday against PA, so so a lot to like over the weekend for the Tigers and a lot to build off of as well. Lucas Vekoski getting uh, 100 and 101 career points right. this past weekend, which right. is a nice milestone for him. Uh, coming up on the podcast, we are going to talk to our good friend Scott Roblin. We'll kind of dissect the weekend that was, mm-hmm. and a familiar face going to be joining the podcast. Yeah, haven't heard from him in a while, Uh, but if you watched Chat TV here in Medicine Hat, you know that this guy did sports. He was the anchor on the sports side for many years. Mitch Bach, he now works as the manager of communications for the Saskatoon Blades. Of course, Tigers and Blades playing this Saturday, so we'll catch up with Mitch. Yeah, and when I look at Mitch Bach, I I know Scott Roblin has done a great job as the sports guy, including the Tigers, but Mitch, when he took over, he really adopted the Tigers. Like he was at every game. He was doing his broadcast yeah. live from co-op place. So made it he, made it a priority. Yeah, he had a real love, a real passion for the Medicine Hat Tigers. But and we now, would never tell him that. No, I'm not we'll never inflate no, his ego no, more than he needs. No, but now he's he's bleeding yellow. Yeah, I know. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, it's all coming up. Thanks for listening. Come on. Check it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. Tigers! More roar in a minute. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning, advising, getting our boots dirty, helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. 
For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! Coming off one of the most impressive weekends I think we have seen from this Tiger squad. They went 1-1, one and one, beating the Prince Albert Raiders and then losing in Edmonton. We are joined, as always, with the interim play-by-play host, uh, Mr. Scott Roblin. First off, how did it feel calling a game in an NHL ring? <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, it is a long ways up, guys. Like eight stories uh, above the ice, which can make it a bit interesting when you're trying to read numbers and being like, well, that's either Hunter St. Martin or Carlin Dezane with the puck. <laughs> no. It's either a 36 or a 39. Can't really tell here. Um, so hopefully that didn't come across too much in the broadcast, but very, very cool. And uh, you can tell that it, it just gets to another level once you get to an NHL building because of just the facilities. And, you know, I've been to Rogers Place before to watch games, but going from floor number one up the elevator to floor number eight and just seeing like the the setup there it's pretty remarkable so uh, I had to bring the binoculars for sure but uh, <laughs> it was it was a very cool experience and r- round of applause for Jesse by the way who went uh, went one and one he, he predicted it correctly at the end of of last week's episode we said what what do you think is going to happen uh, into the weekend you said one and one so so I'm just giving you your, you know, your just well, dues. Thank you. I, well, I mean, I, the Tigers wanted redemption, and I, I think that I, th- I honestly Friday night they probably look the best I've seen them all year. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. They that was their most complete effort of the season, their most consistent effort, basically from about midway through the second period on. They had a, a few moments in the first and early in the second where. Uh, you saw a little bit of inconsistency, especially in the defensive zone, but basically from the midway mark of the second on, they controlled that game against Prince Albert. Their offensive generation was excellent. They crashed the net, were able to get the cycle going. Uh, I thought I thought they played very, very well against the Prince Albert team that uh, they were they were hungry for a win against after losing in a shootout the weekend prior. It felt like on that Friday game that the power play once again kind of kick-started the entire team, and I mean, obviously that's what special teams is for, but... But they've found fa- finally found their their mojo a little bit offensively with their power play going. Eh? Well, you can tell that for the first few weeks of the season, the the Tigers' power play was getting frustrated. Yeah. They were getting some chances, but they just were not able to get the consistency and the reliability that we saw last year with the Tigers' power play. They they were firing at close to forty percent all of last year, and then to go down to eight uh, percent through their first you know five or six games of the season that's that's a tough look for a power play unit that's usually pretty dominant. And then over the course of last week's games against uh, Swift Currents and Prince Albert, back to back games, they scored six times on the power play. Uh, and on top of that, we're very, very good on the penalty kill as well, which mm-hmm. I, I don't think should get lost in all of this. The the special teams has really taken a big step forward in about the past week for the Tigers. Um, it, it will be interesting to see if they're able to keep that up against Edmonton. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say it took a step back, but it wasn't quite as as dominant as it had been. Um, I mean, when you have Dylan Gunther sniping from the left face-off circle bar down, it's pretty tough yeah. to, to stop something yeah, like that. Doubt. But um yeah, I think the the special teams have taken a big step forward for the Tigers. It's been something that I think has been, I wouldn't say weighing on them, but they've put a lot of focus in on their special teams over the last week, week and a half in practice 
to make sure that they're able to bust out of that slump. And I think they've done a good job of that. Yeah, it's definitely showing. And the one thing we talked about is that this Tiger squad needs to be aggressive right off the hop because we've seen it in a lot of games where they've kind of taken a step back to start. And then all of a sudden, third period's like, all right, now it's time to play. Friday night against Prince Albert, 19 shots in the first period. That was huge. And I think that was the key that they were just going the entire time. Yeah, they were finally able to get some... Solid cycling, I think, has been the biggest thing with this team, being able to keep possession of the puck and being able to just direct shots on net. I've noticed over the last couple of games especially, they are not having any issues getting shots from the points and not only picking up rebounds, but getting tips in front. And that's something that didn't happen for the first few weeks of the season for the Tigers. Most of their offense was coming off the rush or coming off the walls on the power or on the power play. So I think that this has been a big thing for the Tigers in making sure their defensemen are getting involved in the play, getting shots towards the net, and having guys pick up rebounds or tips. I mean, Ashton Furster against the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, scoring his first career goal in the most Ashton Furster way possible. Yeah. He's huge. He's six foot four, parked in front of the net, and he gets a tip off a, uh, a high slot um, shot from Noah Danielson. So things like that are going to be big for this Tigers team. Oasis Weisblatt with a beautiful tip on a Daniel Baker shot against the Prince Albert yeah. Raiders. That is what I think this Tigers team is going to have to dial in on because you don't have as many especially up front, game-breaking players as you had in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to crash mm -hmm. the net. You're going to have to get guys in front who are going to take some abuse to get their stick uh, in front and get some tips. And it's served them well over the last couple of games. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at half of their defense cores, really good at getting pucks through. Uh, Drew Krebs scoring his first in the last two seasons. Didn't have one in that shortened season last year. And he's starting to trend back in the right direction. We talked a couple weeks ago about it almost just seemed like he was trying to find his place a little bit. And he's been more consistent. He's seeing more consistent ice time as well with defense partners that aren't rotating, which has been a big thing as well. Well, I think the biggest thing for Drew as well, you know, it's obviously maybe not the start to the season he's wanted in terms of his offensive production. And, you know, he has given away the puck a couple times in the defensive zone. But overall, he has the confidence of Willie Desjardins so much so that he's been moved to the right side. Mm -hmm. And he's played his entire career with the Tigers on the left side. And I was asking him uh, in Tigers media this week about that transition over to becoming a right shot defenseman. And he said, you know, if you're getting to this level you're a pretty good hockey player and you sometimes have to figure it out and, and yeah. you have to be good enough to switch positions sometimes on the defensive side. I mean, wingers do it all the time up front. Uh, it's a little bit more rare to see a defenseman move over uh, to the opposite side when they've play, been playing the last two years on left. But to, to play for the right, he said it was a bit of an adjustment, but it's something he's become more comfortable with. And I think being that right shot defenseman is providing a few more options in terms of who he's paired with, who what situations Drew Krebs is able to roll out in. Um, you know, the Tigers have had really strong right shot defensemen over the last couple of years and have had some big changes. I mean, Eric Van Imp is now gone. And, um, you know, it, it is an opportunity for Drew to build up a little bit more experience on that side, which I think in his development as an NHL prospect is going to be a big thing where the Washington Capitals can look at that and say, well, we have a defenseman who could play either the left or the right. That's yeah. a huge thing. So he does seem to be getting more comfortable on the right side and, and his offense. You know, it was great to see him score that goal because again, during, like you said, during the uh, development season, had a great year, 11 assists, but didn't score a goal. Yep. So this was his first time since the start of the pandemic finding wow. the back of the net for a guy who is an offensive moving player for the Tigers. Really good to see. Mm-hmm.
I would also like to say that I think the podcast had something to do with it because a couple weeks ago we were talking about Krebs. I think that little fire under his ass. <laughs> and I think he's, he's now playing some good hockey. You're so going to take credit. Well, I think we should. <laughs> okay. I right. think that we threw it out there and he listened to it. He goes, those guys are right. Well, I it's also to. a guy like that, though. It's a matter of time until they get you, it sorted, right? Yeah. And 100%. he's been getting his chances. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like, he's been able to, if there's been anybody who's been getting shots through from the points, it's been Daniel Baker and Drew Krebs to start the year. Now, some of the other Tigers defenders are being able to do that. Rita Andreessen's getting a few more chances from the point. Um, even Aiden Brook is, is getting a bit more involved offensively, which is good to see. Uh, but for Drew, he if he's going to be successful this year and be uh, that reliable top-pairing defenseman that the Tigers are going to be uh, expecting out of him, that, that's got to be something that he focuses on is getting those shots. And being paired with Daniel Baker, those are two very skilled puck-moving defenders. Uh, you know, Drew necessarily isn't going to wind up a huge slap shot like Daniel Baker will, but the guy can shoot the puck. Yeah. He's, he's extremely good at that, and he wouldn't be an NHL draft pick if Washington didn't think he'd be able to generate offense that way. I want to, uh, before we get to the trade, because I want to talk about mm-hmm. the trade that the Tigers did, um, are we going to see kind of a goalie controversy here? Because Are we going to see more uh, of Beckett? Beckett had 26 saves, got the win. He's now 2-0. and Not to take anything away from Bjorklund. I think Bjorklund's been very good. Are we going to see Beckett in a little bit more? I think there is a possibility of that. Whenever I've talked with Beckett Lankow, he has said that you know one of his primary motivations this year is getting more games and getting more experience and exposure. And so far early in the year, he's proven that he can be relied upon, especially in back-to-back situations. I think for the Tigers, um, there's not a whole lot of reason not to play both guys in, over a span of a weekend if they're back-to-back situations. Talking with Willie Desjardins, he did say that you know he did like Garen's game, even though he did allow the the five goals in Edmonton. A lot of them came off point shots that were tipped yeah. and took weird bounces and, and deflections. And for for that game, I mean, Garen Bjorklund was under siege for most of uh, Saturday night's mm-hmm. game. The Tigers, I thought, played well and and mounted a big comeback performance. But especially in periods one and two, the shots were so tilted in favor of the Oil Kings, and uh, I, I thought Garen stood up to the task quite a bit, and it could have been a much bigger lead for Edmonton at yeah. that point. But I think Beckett is making a case. I don't necessarily think of, of taking over full starter minutes. No. But I think for more becoming like a 1A, 1B, especially in back-to-back situations, he's proven that he can be a relied-upon goaltender to even play against some top teams in this league. Are we done with the you know having that one workhorse on a junior team? Like we, We're starting to see mm-hmm. it in the NHL where now it's kind of 50-50 or 70-30. Yeah. They're, they're trying to to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Are we done with that in, in the junior league now? Probably, right? I mean, like, like you're, you're seeing, I mean, what, it's early, it's nine games, mm-hmm. but Garen's got a two-to-one split. Yeah. So that's that sounds about right. Yeah, I would say Garen's probably going to play like 65 and Becca would play like 35, I yeah. think, for for percentage of splits. Edmonton, you know, when you have Sebastian Cosa, you ride that goaltender right. as much as possible. The game against uh, Medicine Hat, that was the first time Sebastian Cosa had a night off to start the season. Yeah. That's wild. It, unbelievable. The Tigers, I don't think, should do that or need to do that because they have two goaltenders that they can rely upon and have come up with some huge performances early in the season. They have the confidence in Garen Bjorklund. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at his numbers, and I think they're a bit misleading because he has made some insane stops for the Tigers in a lot of games where they've been outshot. And I think that the, a lot of goals that he's allowed, really, you can't expect much from him, uh, different from him, because they're goals that are coming off deflections and weird bounces. And um, I think it's more of a defensive structure thing for the Tigers. And then for Beckett, uh, he has been solid when they've needed him and showed incredible composure as a, as a young goaltender in this league. So I think for the Tigers, when you have two goaltenders that have proven they can do it at that point, 
I think you are able to get more of a split. And I think if you play three games in a week, two of them go to Garen and one goes to yeah. Beckett. I don't necessarily, like I said, think that, that Beckett is going to take over full time and, and Garen's going to be relegated to a backup. But uh, 65-35, even like a 55-45 you know, split, right. I think the the Tigers are more than comfortable with that and are comfortable with these two goaltenders riding the rest of the year. Yeah, and it's a, that's a bit of a different look than what you saw last year in that development year. Obviously, it was a big season for, for Bjorklund for a multitude of reasons, but playing the line, share the minutes. And now you look at the potential for, for more of a split, but it, it always seems like tandems do really well to get you to the playoffs and then you need one to stay hot. And, I mean, you see examples across every hockey league where Eventually, one needs one goaltender needs to take over yes. when playoffs hit, and yeah. you have to ride them, yeah. and they have to be the guy. But uh, you mentioned Scott the defensive miscues or mishaps at times is is that it's seemingly going to be something that the Tigers are going to have to deal with throughout the season, and it's going to be a learning curve in that area on, on playing sound structure as a five man unit in their own end, I, and and then yeah. you just need goaltenders to live with it, right? I think so because you look at. I would say a majority of this roster has played under 35 games in the yeah. WHL. Really, because there were so many rookies last year, and they're they're getting settled again this season, but they only played in 23 games last year, and most of them have seven or eight games under their belt this year. Yep. So it is a learning experience. You look at a lot of the roster, and you just go up and down, oh, a lot of second-year guys, a lot of sophomores. Guys who played 23 games last season, and a lot of them didn't play every single night because he had so many rookies. So this is still a young, young team, especially up front for the Tigers. And they're going to have to learn and adapt, and they're gonna, there's going to be some growing pains with this roster this year. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I, and whenever I've talked, I was talking with Oren Strom, and he said... It's best we're, we're getting this out of the way early in the year. You don't want this the, the yeah. giveaways. You don't want the defensive zone turnovers. You don't want uh, the odd man rushes coming back the other way when you're a week out of the playoffs. Yep. So I think for the team early in the season, I wouldn't say it's expected because, you know, that's that's you're, you're at major junior hockey and you have to play defensive sound structure. But I think there's a little bit more leeway early in the year for the younger players to figure it out. I think more red flags are going to go up if this is going to continue three months into the season. Yeah. But I think within the first dozen or so games, it's still a figuring out um, performance well, right. for these guys trying to, to learn how to properly defend in this league. Uh-huh. One more before we let you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tigers making a trade this week, trading Caleb Wilms uh, off to the Victoria Royals for a six-round pick. Are you surprised by that trade? Uh, a little bit. Um, you know, Caleb has had an, an interesting journey with the Tigers. He's played parts of four seasons here in Medicine mm-hmm. Hat. He has played a lot of seasons, but only played, I believe the the number was 52 or 53 games with the Tigers over those four seasons. And a lot of that has been hampered by injury. Last mm. year in the development season, he went down early in the year, was ha- starting to break out for a good performance, and about a third of the way through the season uh, went down with injury and didn't return. This year... He's been in and out of the line, or I should say not. I shouldn't say in and out of the lineup. He played, you know, eight games before he got. Scratched. He was up and down the lineup, though. up and down the lineup for sure. And I think it's just been him trying to find his place, and with some younger guys on the team, you know, making some noise. Uh, Willie Desjardins says that uh, you know he went to Caleb and said, "Look, I, I know you're a 19 year old uh, player, but we we don't know if we can guarantee you're going to get in the lineup every single night." So he gave him the option. He said, "You can either stick it out here and." 
you know, have nights where you're not in the lineup or we can move you to a place where you're going to have more of an opportunity to play. Caleb wanted to do the latter and get some yeah. chance to play in his 19-year-old year, which you can't blame him for that. No, yeah. no. And uh, and it's an opportunity for him out in Victoria as the team is riddled with injuries. They have 10 players out with injuries right now, like an insane amount of injuries. Caleb Williams is going to get some key playing time out yeah. on the West Coast. So 100%. Uh, Caleb, uh, every time I've dealt with him, has just been a great kid and has mm-hmm. been, um, you know, been able to show that he's he's a player who can stick in this league and a player who was never drafted in the Western yeah. Hockey League. I should mention that as well. Um, a really cool story for him uh, being able to make it to this level and um, you know the Tigers and, and everybody here definitely wishing him all the best and hoping that he's able to to stay off the injury bug as he he performs in 100%. Victoria. We don't have enough time, no. but uh, but next week diving into Tyler McKenzie a little bit yeah. might be worth it because he's an 0-4 born. That is now starting to see significant minutes already with the Tigers this year. He's like a point every two games. Like this, this kid might be the real deal. Yeah, Tyler McKenzie has looked really good early in the season. He fought some injuries over the first week, week and a half of the year. But since he's come back, he's definitely been a relied upon guy, even in the faceoff dot as well. Yeah. Hey, we'll dive into that next week. Uh, appreciate you as always. You can catch Scott uh, Friday taking on the Moose Jaw Warriors Saturday, Saskatoon Blades. You can catch him on chat 94.5. More hockey talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. Powered by South Country Co-op. When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds, business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Strachan Road. This is your best wash. This Extreme is touchless car wash from South Country wash. Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. The talk of Tigertown. Great moments are born from great opportunities. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op. Welcome back to the podcast, Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. We could not do it without them. Lance, this is really cool. Uh, when we talk about doing this podcast, we've gotten a chance to reach out. Last week, we talked to the Edmonton uh Oil Kings, their play-by-play guy. Yeah, Andrew Peard. Yeah, so now we kind of get to reach out and talk to these other teams and kind of see how they tick. Sometimes we get a familiar face yeah. to Medicine Hat anyways oh, that can right. join the podcast. Well, yeah, you heard him there. Uh, <laughs> don't don't forget who made you, Mitch yeah. Bach, the uh, manager of communications now for the Saskatoon Blades. Of course, uh, those here at Medicine Hat will remember your time as sports anchor for Chat TV. Mitch, um, I don't know. I don't want to say thanks for jumping on, but thanks for jumping on. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I wasn't sure if you were contacting the right guy when you were getting in touch with me at first. You know, I could think of a dozen other guys who'd probably fit the bill a little bit better than me. But um, no, uh, happy to spare some time and, uh, and chat with some good buddies from Medicine Hat. Well, the reason why I, we wanted to bring you on is because when you were here, you had so much passion and so much love for the Medicine Hat Tigers and the WHL. I mean, you were doing your sports broadcast from Co-op Place, and you could just 
tell how much you loved it. How different has it been, you know, leaving the Tigers organization and now jumping ship over to the Saskatoon Blades? Oh, boy. Well, where do I even begin? (laughs) Because three weeks after I started here in Saskatoon, just dipped my toes into what it was like working for an actual organization inside the confines. That was when COVID decided to shut the entire world down. So I kind of went through, in many ways, a similar change to what you guys did with just trying to adapt on the fly with what living in a global pandemic was like. Uh, while also living in a completely foreign city to me that I'd never even visited, that I don't know a single soul in. So right. um, I think it's it's pretty crazy because in 18, 19 months or so since I began working for the Blades, I'm still trying to figure my way out here. <laughs> still use I a GPS to really get around town? Like <laughs> well, hey, I know the city of Saskatoon quite well. That's the one thing that, that COVID was. Uh, was able to give me was time. So um, <laughs> I was able to explore and learn medicine or, and learn Saskatoon as well as I know medicine has. Oh, that's too good. That's too good. Mitch Bach, manager of communications now with the Saskatoon Blades jumping on Tigers Uncaged. And uh, Mitch, it's it, it's been interesting. By the way, before I forget, in, in his downtime, Jesse, I don't know if you know this, he became a, a, a golf pro. With like, PGA this. Canada, so oh, like boy. round of applause for Mitch, Let's who's go. now now a golf pro. Thanks, guys. Get your Thanks, lessons guys. from you know, Mitch Block. I'll help you out. Yeah, well, we'll need some for later. For sure. Um, whenever yeah. you come no, back to Medicine quality. Hat. Well, on on that topic of conversation, Lance, I got to give you a hard time for, um, you know, for for raking the coals around uh, good old Panorama and the <laughs> golf courses out in BC, and I'm just thankful that I uh, I escaped that weekend. Uh, with uh, my phone still intact. Yeah, you, you and me both. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. And there were, two years ago, we did a trip in, in Crozes Pass. Very first, like, f- we're five holes into the first course of four. Not even. First day. It was the third hole at Crozes Pass. Phone on the concrete. <laughs> Mitch's phone done for the entire weekend. Oh, this man. guy's this guy's trying to post to Instagram. You can't even see the screen. <laughs> Just spiderwebs. <laughs> incredible. Um, speaking this of incredible, in- Mitch, oh. the, the Saskatoon Blades. Let, let's get into the team because off to a hot start, led by Tristan Robbins, who is uh, not surprisingly uh, doing big things in the early portion of, the, of this WHL season. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. been a full team effort for the for the Blades so far, hasn't it? It has been, yeah. And you know there were there was a lot of change since uh, since last season, obviously. Uh, Mitch Love did a great job of commanding the guys and, you know, just finding a lot of success in a, in a shortened COVID season. But, um, you know, Brendan Sonny has certainly taken the reins and he preaches a very similar message to what, to what Mitch Love had as well, cut from the same cloth. Uh, so in saying that, as, as remarkable of a season as, as Robinson's had to begin, I think there's a lot of supporting cast that are also helping him along the way and he's the first person to uh, to adhere to that as well and you know and acknowledge those around him for helping him find success because you know you look at a guy like Kyle Krenkovic um, obviously uh, he's he's off to a great start as well Nolan Meyer is playing lights out to be expected I think in many ways just with his reputation and his experience in the league and then we've also got a, a good crop of, of young guys who are just dipping their toes as well. Obviously, uh, Tanner Molendyke now entering his second season. He's, uh, he was dealing with a, a minor injury. Now he's back. Rhett Reinhardt is back as well, to kind of commanding the defense. So there's a few different 
components to this team that are really coming together right now. And it's, it's great to see the early success. Now it's just all about sustainability and what we can improve on moving forward. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about goaltenders in the WHL this season. And, I mean, you look at a guy like Nolan Meyer. He was just the goaltender of the week. You look at – you have the scoring, you have the defense, plus you had a good goaltender. He's going to be a really tough guy to beat. Absolutely, yeah. No, and uh, I know um, the uh, the entire team is pulling behind him, too. He's up to 97 career victories after uh, after the win on Wednesday over, um, over Moose Jaw. So – uh, he's inching closer and closer to that WHL record of victories. And I know that's it's it's kind of a shunned topic around the office and around the locker room. We don't really want to address it a whole lot, but I know that's something that's definitely on the minds of a lot of the guys here that are pulling for him. And yeah, just to see uh, Nolan playing as well as he has and just calm and cool under pressure, never getting under his you know his own skin and never letting anyone else kind of get into his own head is. You know, that's just a, a mark of his experience, his his leadership, and his confidence as well. I know everyone in that dressing room sees him as the leader on the team, so um, or at least one of the leaders. He's he's a corner piece to this team, and it's you know it's it's, it's very important when you're when the guys who you're looking up to are playing as well as they are to set that example for the younger guys. Does it feel almost in some ways, I don't want to say unfair, but almost unbelievable to an extent, Mitch, at just how strong the East Division is as a whole and what Saskatoon's going to have to battle through this entire season? Well, you know, I know we're excited for uh, two weeks from from now when we finally get to see Winnipeg and what they're all about. Yeah, right. Um, But yeah, you know, the East Division has always been a powerhouse. You know, it, it doesn't really matter what the record is or where teams are positioned in the standings or you're sure to you know, be in a war with whoever, you know, obviously there's the long history with Saskatoon and Prince Albert uh, and the rivalry that goes with that. Regina has a huge media following with Connor Bedard and never heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, if you haven't heard of him, (laughs) he's something else. You're you're in for a wake up call when he comes into medicine hat. I'll tell you that. No kidding. (laughs) He's um, yeah. So, um, Regina's obviously, uh, you know, they're, they're running into a bit of a tough stretch right now, but they've got the pieces that they're going to pick themselves back up. Swift Current is looking uh, like they're coming along. Well, hold on a quick second. Swift Current is I know. in the Central Division. Oh. I know. Yeah, it's weird, it's isn't weird. it? Very weird. <laughs> like, we had we, to catch well, ourselves. We've played them, I think, what, three times already yeah, this Tigers year? Tigers have seen them three times in nine games. So now they're starting to be like a rivalry between the Tigers and the Broncos because we haven't even played Lethbridge yet. <laughs> yeah. But we've played Swift Current three times, <laughs> and we're one and two against them. It's, uh, it's, it's taking some getting used to for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like us with Moose Jaw, too. Um, last night was a very physical kind of a game, and... You know, that was our our fourth game against them, and we won the last three, and so Moose Jaw, I don't know. We haven't played Prince Albert yet. I'm excited for that. That's, uh, that's coming up next weekend. Um, but, yeah, I guess just going back to the East Division as a whole, you know, Brandon's obviously going to be another heavyweight, too, as they always are, and um, it's exciting to, to be along for the ride. Now, Tigers were in Saskatoon. They played recently, I believe, what this? Back Saskatoon, on the 15th. 5 nothing, 4 nothing. Nothing, yep. It wasn't a good game for the Medicine Hat Tigers. What did you see in that game that Saskatoon did well at and the Tigers maybe needed to work on? Oh, boy. Wow. Okay, let's uh, take a withdrawal out of the memory bank. <laughs> Pull way back, <laughs> Mitch. On. Way back. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the days just keep clipping along. No, I think... <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I, I ask because I wonder if these teams, because we've talked about it with, with Cole Sillinger still being that question mark. And I've said it on the podcast. I do not believe yeah, he's coming yeah. back. I think that a lot of teams are looking at that going, listen, Tigers are a little bit weaker now. They don't have their Connor Bedard anymore. We got to hit him early and we got to hit him hard. I think you're right. I think it's it's a big loss for Medicine Hat not having a guy like Cole Dillinger because you go into a WHL draft expecting your 19-year-old, your 18-year-old to be with your hockey team at yeah. that age. Yeah. And with Cole Dillinger's development, well, first off, just kudos to what Cole Dillinger has done over the last year and how well he's executed out in Columbus. And congratulations to him. It's obviously a development league and every team wants their players to move on to the next step. But you know, that would be, I think that's, that's just a huge piece of that Tigers organization that's lacking right now. There's, you know, there are some other pieces that are pulling their own weight in the goaltending tandem could be arguably one of the best in the league right now, but you, you need that scoring. And I know when Medicine Hat came into Saskatoon, scoring was, was hard to come by. I think there were only six or seven players on the team that had accumulated points at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but the goaltending, Garen Bjorkland and Beckett Lankow, they've been, they've been nothing short of outstanding. So I think, you know, it's, it's going to turn into a Willie Desjardins type of a hockey club where defense is going to be very key and you're going to have quality goaltending and you're going to really have to work for whatever offense you generate. Mitch, uh, one of my last ones for you, and it's around this weekend, uh, the trip to Lethbridge, then here in Medicine Attic Co-op Place Saturday night. Um, you know as well as everyone that's on that bus is going to be heading over for the weekend does that uh, playing Lethbridge definitely typically heavier hockey than, than you see elsewhere but uh, Lethbridge actually you know not taking as many penalties for example this year as you see with other teams so is that uh, philosophy that style almost uh, line up a little bit better for the Blades as, as a team that is trying to be more skilled in Lethbridge and the Tigers for that matter? Uh, you know, it's. I think it's kind of hard to hard to say right now. I know that we're just focusing on our game, you know, and what's been working so well lately is we've got a a few really quality lines that are um, that are that are pulling their own weight, and so I think it's just more so just to focus on our own game and try to force Lethbridge into playing our our own game. Mm-hmm. So, if there's a way that we can get under other teams' skin and frustrate them and have them you know take poor penalties that sort of thing i I think you know that's just completely on them it's not necessarily in a mindset of of us going into whatever rank it is that we're going into well hey mitch bach thank you so much for your time do you get to travel with the team are you going to be in the hat on saturday I'll be in the hat on Saturday, oh. guys. Yeah. Pop on up. I can't wait for the free popcorn. That's going to be a couple days old at, uh, <laughs> uh, at co-op place. Oh, baby, baby. Oh, I can't wait, buddy. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have to catch up. I, I do believe if we get a Tigers team that was just like this past weekend, I do believe it, it could be a tight one on yeah, Saturday. Be good. I'm hoping for a good. tight I game. I agree. No, I agree, guys. It's going to be it's going to be fun. It's good to see the Tigers starting to uh, you know starting to plays as well as they're they're capable of and um yeah i expect it to be a really close game on saturday well mitch i know that you're employed by the blades but i know you still love the tigers just a little bit thanks for doing this buddy absolutely guys anytime thanks for having me on more tigers uncaged in seconds that's how winning is done powered by south country co-op 
If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning, advising, getting our boots dirty, helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. Jesse and Lance are back with more Tigers Uncaged. Fast and fearless, baby, here we go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Well, another podcast in the books. Uh, very, uh, it's always great catching up with old friends. And mm-hmm. uh, that, that was fun talking to Mitch. Kind of missed him around here. Uh, yeah, again, not going to tell him that, though. No, 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 no. No, just like we did off the front of the podcast. Not going to tell him good things. Heaven forbid we do that. But uh, but it truly was uh, great to catch up with Mitch. Uh, so we got to thank him and thank Scott for jumping on this week's uh, podcast. Should, I guess, are, are we doing predictions again? I, I, I like thing? the prediction. I mean, last time around, I said one and one. You said one and one. You were just off a little bit. I think I said 2-0. and all. Did you go 2-0? Oh? Yeah, I was a big believer that they would win both. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, now we, we look at Friday night uh-huh. against the Moose Jaw Warriors in Moose Jaw. True. Then they come home Saturday and they take on that very tough Saskatoon Blades. We talked to Mitch about how tough this team is to beat. I think they go into Moose Jaw and they win. Right. And I think they beat Saskatoon in overtime Saturday with Ooh. the crowd and the electricity of co-op plays. Right. I think the Tigers can go 2-0. and Okay. See, and it's funny. Now I'm the other way this week. I think it's a it's a split weekend. Okay. I think that the entire East Division is very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of great teams in Saskatchewan and Manitoba, for that matter. And I, uh, I think Musha is going to be a tough test. And then back-to-back that with... Uh, obviously a really good team in the Saskatoon Blades. A split would be a good weekend, I think. I think so, too, because you're right. That that division is very strong. Mm-hmm. And nothing to take any, anything away from the Moose Jaw Warriors. They are a very good team. Yep. I think that if we get the Tigers that we saw last Friday against Prince Albert, they go into Moose Jaw and they win that. Sure. And they, I hope that this time around they carry that momentum with the, the support of co-op place because we know it's going to be packed. Yep. Kids are going to be dressed up in their Halloween costumes. I, I, I think the Tigers can squeak it out. Going to be a very close one against Saskatoon. Yeah. I think over time. We get extra hockey Saturday night. Yeah, a couple good games in any case. You can catch both. Scott Roblin has the call both in Moose Jaw and at Co-op Place on Saturday at Chat 94.5. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season. Oh, God.